0: Hello and welcome to the Fortune and Freedom podcast, where Nigel Farage and Nikolai Hubble give you a unique take on what's really going on in the world of finance, investing and politics. We hope you sit back and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to This Week in Review with Nigel Farage. Nigel, I can't believe I'm saying this and I'm not going to prompt you beyond
1: saying price controls. God help us. I mean, talk about back to the future, you know, Harold Wilson in the 60s, Ted Heath in the 70s, freezes. Price controls. Um, inevitably, if you set... During an inflationary re- period, if you say the top price for a product is X and inflation continues, the people that produce that product say there's no point. So we stop producing it. So you get shortages. A black market... <laughs> I mean, it doesn't work. And I remember when we were talking about price caps for energy, saying, well, next it'll be the price of a, a, the price of a loaf of bread like it was in Soviet Russia. And blow me down if we don't actually get a Conservative Prime Minister hinting that, albeit on a voluntary basis, this is what we should do. Really interesting, even left-wing economists, even left-wing economists are saying this is bonkers, it doesn't work. Um, So it's kind of dead in the water, Um, but the very fact that a Conservative government even mooted it is truly astonishing.
0: I don't know if we should spend much time on it because it's just so absurd. Um, let's move on, let's move on. Let's move on to Labour's house-building targets. I don't actually know what your your position on this, how much the housing supply feeds into unaffordable housing. So anyway, take us through that Labour policy and what you think about housing economics generally.
1: Big picture, this has been a huge week, a huge 10 days actually, for Labour policy pronouncements on economics. You know, the idea that, that there'd be a growth fund The Labour government will pick the things we should invest in. Oh, that's going to work out well, isn't it? My goodness gracious me, you know. stock picker Rachel Reeves. And that the pension fund industry would be forced to put 5% of their money into this fund. Actually, what the pension fund industry needs is freeing of EU rules so that it can choose to invest more in infrastructure projects, etc. So that's one thing that's been floated. No more oil and gas development in the North Sea. Genius. Genius. Will just import more, and therefore global CO two production will actually go up, not down. And Aberdeen will close down, and lots of jobs will be lost. That's something else they floated. House building. Look, uh, you know, Nick. The fact is, with completely uncontrolled immigration into Britain, there the, 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 there is no level of house building we can match that will even meet the needs of incomers. Um, the net migration figures of six hundred and six thousand. Uh, for last year, are now being questioned very heavily. Uh, the counting methodology was different to the previous year. It would have been 734,000 under the previous year. And in the FT today, there are other statisticians saying, no, actually, we think it probably was nearer to a million. So you work it out. At a million, you'd need to build a house every one and a half minutes, a dwelling every one and a half minutes just to cope with immigration, let alone with shortages that exist in the housing market already. It is completely impossible. The government targets 300,000 a year. We're building about 180,000 a year. Um, it's being met with considerable local resistance because people are quite right to say, look, you know, our village is 1,200 people. You want to put another 500 here. Um, will there be a new road? Will there be another doctor? Uh, what about the primary school? It's full already. So you can understand why Local communities are objecting to this because they do not see the infrastructure that goes with it to support it. Uh, They're all called NIMBYs. Interestingly, the Liberal Democrats are really picking on this, especially in southern England where the biggest population pressures are. Um, And uh, they've got the government so scared that the government aren't going to build the houses that are needed. But Labour, yeah, he's talking about getting rid of Greenbelt, etc. He's talking about, I mean, maybe where Labour are going is to a sort of an aptly Newtown concept. Uh, and, and, and maybe that's the only way of doing it. Because actually, if you build a new town, you know how many houses you've got and you can build the infrastructure that's needed for it. I just don't think... I mean, number one, I think urban sprawl. I think London's big enough. I think London genuinely is big enough. Um, but I also think... They're just chucking a thousand here, a thousand there without the infrastructure. I think new to, I believe Labour will finish up proposing new towns. And I think that probably is the best solution. But all the while, all the while, anybody from anywhere in the world can get a work permit to come to Britain on minimum wage levels. We're never going to catch up.
0: Would a Labour
1: victory be good for home building shares on the stock market? Well, it's good already. I mean, you know, they, they, they haven't done too bad under the Tories, even if they're not fully meeting their targets. Um, yes, I, I mean, I think that's right. I think there would be a house building boom, and I think other infrastructure projects too would benefit. Uh, what would be interesting in government is to see what the Labour attitude towards HS2 is, because, you know, we're looking there at a project. We've only spent about 10 billion so far. You know, it's likely the final bill is going to be 130, 150 billion. Uh, you know, that's one way that Labour could credibly say to the public, look, you know, getting to Manchester 25 minutes more quickly is attractive, but actually having someone to live is even more attractive. So the really interesting thing is, you know, they've also talked about tax on private equity, et cetera. They can't tax capital gains anymore because the Tories have virtually abolished it, virtually abolished it, dragging even medium savers now that interest rates have risen um, into tax. Um The question is, why is Starmer going so left and so statist with these economic proposals? Now, the Tories have gone that way already. Why is Starmer going that much further? Why is he not doing a Blair? Why is he not saying, no, 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 no. No rises in corporation tax. No rises in income tax. You know, the tax burden will remain exactly the same with me. As if to say, you know, let's not frighten the horses. Starmer's gone a lot further in the last 10 days than I thought he would. The best answer I've had on this is he's pacifying the left. You know, VAT on school fees, non dom tax changes. He's pacifying the left. So the left shut up between now and the election, and he's able to present a united party and maybe won't be quite so radical in government. That's the best theory I've got, Mick. But it is, as I say, if you'd asked me a fortnight ago, I'd have said the don't scare the horses line's working very well. Um... At some point, the City of London is going to start speaking out, because there's a whole series of measures here, you know, that would be really very, very damaging. We've already seen Nigel Wilson, who runs legal and general, £1.1 trillion worth of our pension investments. He's already been critical of current government policy, let alone what might come under Labour. So, I think at some point the city will speak out, but it's it's all about keeping Corbyn and the gang in the box.
0: I want to ask about these figures with the immigration, because my understanding is that the previous method of counting immigration was just just as bad as the new one, apparently, based on what you just said in in the FT there. If we can't count the numbers, isn't the whole debate sort of a bit bizarre? And isn't perhaps one of the reasons you've been so successful on this because people's lived experience is, is very different from what the statistics are telling them?
1: They've, at the moment, some local councils in the outer London boroughs, um, boroughs like Brent, Hillingdon, et cetera, um, are using drones, heat-seeking heat, heat um, seeking drones. They're trying to measure how many beds in sheds there are. You know, literally, you live in a three-bed semi, but you've got three blokes living at the end of the garden. So there's a bit of work going on right now at the moment. I, You know, our official population is 67.5 million. I'm sure it's way through 70 million. It may be even nearer 75 million. We literally have no idea how many people are here, but we know it's massive. And if you talk to to buyers from the supermarket chains, they certainly think the population is much bigger than we actually currently believe it to be. And the implication of that, Nick, is the black economy. Oh, sorry, wash my mouth out with soap and water. We can't say that anymore. We've said it for centuries. Now it's the gray economy. Yes, yes. Um, that the gray economy is, I mean, who knows? Is it 10% of GDP? Is it 15% of GDP? I mean, I literally do not know. Um, but it shows a complete lack of control over many years. One aspect of measuring numbers that's improved things are e-gates because e-gates statistically do actually count and measure these things. Trouble is the bloody things were broken last weekend and there were four LQs at <laughs> Heathrow Airport. So I think through e-gates and through coming into the country the measures are good but we're not e-gating people out of the country and I you know far be it for me to want to impose more burdens and bureaucracy but I think we need to start doing that as well. We bit measure more accurately those that are coming and going but at the minute the big suspicion is the government fiddled the figures last week even with those fiddled figures they are massive um and you know the implications the implications for uh, the welfare state for health provision for housing provision I mean they are simply in allness but it's kind of where we are the tories are a disaster but labor are going to be even worse that's kind of where we are on the economics of this. But as you say, there'll be sectors that benefit from a big spending Labour government.
0: It still blows my mind that what are these people at immigration doing if they're not counting? So, well, that's what they're supposed to be doing. is not
1: it? anyway. I know, I know, I know. And I will repeat the other point I made to you last week briefly, that the 2030 electric vehicle target, it's it, it, literally impossible. It cannot happen. And that's why I think that you're going to hear a lot more about biofuels over the course of the next year. Just that the Germans are saying, look, we're going to keep the internal combustion engine, but we're going to have these e-fuels that are friendlier to the environment. And and this is something uh, that I can see coming as well. Interestingly, on the global warming point, the French have now banned domestic flights. Yeah, yeah. You want to fly, you're a businessman with a lunchtime meeting in Nantes. You want to fly Paris, Nantes. No, 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 no. All banned because we've got to save the planet. So you'll have to catch the train. Trouble is the trains are full in France. So you'll drive. It's brilliant, isn't it?
0: I want to finish on uh, an interesting headline. The Bank of England spends 150,000 pounds on measuring the carbon footprint of cash. Now we've spoken a fair bit about abolishing cash and, and the risks in the CBDCs, but the, the question I want to pose to you is what is the carbon footprint of the consulting industry
1: and do we need one? <laughs> yeah, well, of course it's absolutely huge. Um, and if the Bank of England is full of experts, why hire consultants anyway? There's surely enough of them in the building. But this is the whole this is the whole Blairite culture, isn't it? This sort of marzipan layer of people just beneath the top, but well above the media, doing very well for themselves. And, you know, the McKinsey's of this world and everybody else, and, and, and the KPMG's, and they've all made blooming fortunes doing this stuff. Um, yeah. This is all the drive towards a cashless society. It's happening. It's coming, folks. It's not a conspiracy theory. It is actually coming. They want to do it.
0: Yeah, and uh, and obviously we've discussed that the impacts and the implications of that, especially when it's combined with central bank digital currency. Uh-huh. Nigel, thanks very much for joining us and everyone at home. Thanks for watching.